Okay, hello, and welcome back, all you British fashion designers and ghost enthusiasts. You like that? It was good. <laughs> and welcome back to the fifth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I am your host, Otis, and tonight, or today, I am joined by my lovely, lovely wife, Katie. Hi. And we are reviewing the 2021 British psychological horror film, Last Night in Soho. A murder in the past, a mystery in the future. Mystery in the present. Yeah, well, I guess if you're back then, then it is the future. But you're, she's never really back then. She's only ever in the present. It, wild shit. Yeah. Just a confusing movie, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hit that music. Happy Spookies, everyone! This is episode three of the fifth annual Halloween Screamathon, and this is the first horror film, or yeah, we'll say thriller horror film, by director Edgar Wright. Hooray! Uh, the reason I said hooray, actually, psych, we did another one by him, but it was a comedy. So, Edgar Wright, if you don't know for the uninitiated, Edgar Wright did Baby Driver. Damn, that was a good movie. He did The World's End, the one with the, the friends are going to all the bars in one night, and an alien invasion happens. Uh, sorry for the spoiler if you haven't seen it. It's really fucking good. Uh, Hot Fuzz, and he did Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Edgar Wright is one of my favorite components, or directors of how he does things. He thinks up scenes, and he thinks up the music involved with it. That's why his soundtracks are absolute bangers, and it's like, damn, that song is perfect for that scene. Uh, he's just like James Gunn. James Gunn loves to do that. And it's like, this song is specifically for this moment in my movie. Uh, Edgar Wright, I love yes, I love you. So, Edgar Wright directed Last Night in Soho. And it stars, I'm going to mess her first name up, Thomasin? Thomasine? Thomasine. Thomasine McKenzie. Uh, she popped up in The Hobbit. Uh, I didn't watch it. Did you watch The Hobbit? Well, she's in it. Anya Taylor-Joy. She was in Queen's Gambit. Yeah. And we saw another movie with, oh. The Menu. The Menu, yes. Matt, I'm the Dr. Smith. Or it looked like Rocky Dennis, depending on what day we're watching him. But no. The th first time he pops up as a doctor, he for sure did. But yeah. But later. Yeah, but Matt Smith in another movie where he is a heel. We watched the one of the first ones, and that was Morbius, when he was morbing all over the screen. In his, oh. I thought you were going to say Terminator, because we also watched Oh my that. god, he was in Terminator. I forgot that movie. Yeah, he was the it, bad Terminator. It, he's the bad guy. Yeah, he's... Or not the Terminator, but he was the bad guy. He was the computer that was helping No, he was John the, Connor. He no, was the friend. John Connor was the villain. No, he was the friend of John Connor in the future, whose intention was to go back to the past and kill John Connor. Yeah, it not, was fucking confusing. Not weird. I, I <laughs> Whatever he was in that movie. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Uh, Terrence Stamp. Uh, he has been a villain in a lot of Everything. movies since way back in the day. Katie, did you know in 1995 he was named as one of 100 sexiest film stars? That's disgusting. Uh, you should look up a picture from '95. I bet he's pretty cute. Hell, I don't know. And Diana Rigg. Now, she starred in a TV show, The Avengers. What? She was Iron Man? No. There was a British show where there were two secret agents. I used to watch The Avengers back then. And she was Emma Peel. Uh, she was a sex symbol in Britain for a long time. And after some books and interviews, uh, yeah, she didn't like that. This movie dips into a little bit about sex appeal and how, yeah, like... Oh man, Katie's so hot, it's so cool, she must have a great life. And then the behind the scenes of it is like, oh man, 
your life sucks ass. Because all the lecherous people around you. So, yes. But Diana Rigg is in this movie. She plays the landlady in this movie. And she did a great fucking job in it. So, for the uninitiated, Last Night in Soho is a film about a young fashion designer as she goes to, was it college? Just fashion school? Mm-hmm. And she's dealing with the emergence, emergence encounters with ghosts from the past as she is traversing through the life of a young and upstarting model singer named Sandy. And, oh no, there's an end to Sandy's story because she gets murdered in her bed. And it seems like the dreams are getting more and more real to young Eloise, and she does not want to get stabbed up just like Sandy did. Uh, This movie jumps around. There are tons of moments where she is blending the past with the present or the future, depending on what you talk about. Uh, This movie is a absolute delight for your eyes and your ears. So, but Katie, what did you think about Last Night in Soho? It was good. Kind of confusing at parts because they intentionally fuck with the continuity. Oh, absolutely. So that you are unsure of, like, who things are happening to, whether it's um, happening to the girl in the present or whether it's happening to the girl in the past. And they do that. I mean, it's Edgar Wright did it on purpose for sure to keep you guessing and to make it harder to figure out, like, who the real villain is in the story and it was cool and also obnoxious like i don't know i wouldn't go out of my way to watch more movies like this where the killer isn't super evident or not that it's, it needs to be super evident but that it's like trying to trick you the whole time yeah into what timeline you're in i didn't i don't know it was in it was cool but it was a lot it seems like this movie is pulling like a staple from murder mysteries, especially the sci-fi or the the weirder ones where you deal with time and things are jumping around. And yeah, a ton of murder mysteries are like, oh, Katie's obviously the killer because she's just in the background watching things. And it's like later, it's like, oh, Katie wasn't the It was Bella? The whole time Bella was around, but we thought Bella was fine. Wow, that's really weird. This is what it pulls. I've seen tons of murder mysteries where it's like, oh, it's that person. What son of a bitch? I never put two and two together. And another staple of Edgar Wright films is he likes to tell you how the movie's going to end really early at some point. Yeah, I called it. Yeah. Like like 10 minutes into this movie, I called it. Yeah, Katie called it. She's like, "Mm, what about that? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. That sounds reasonable. And then at the end, I was like, damn, she called that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, just like in Shaun of the Dead, when his friend, uh, well, Ed, Ed tells him, like, okay, this is what, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to get some shots at the bar when they're shooting the zombies. We're going to get a Bloody Mary. That's the first zombie they meet. And he says all these things, and then we're going to end it at the bar, and we're going to have a great day. And then it all happens. And Well, Sean had a great day, I guess. I mean, no, he lost his friend. Yeah. But the, the time bleed through in this movie made it especially confusing. And I know that was the point. I think that but was like a. It was making me upset. Like it messed with the continuity of the story, because there were points where like, oh, she's seeing some shit in the past, and then some stuff would happen to her when she was seeing some things that happened in the past, and then she'd wake up and suddenly she has a hickey that she got while she was in the body of a someone who died forty years ago. Like it yeah. doesn't make any sense. I think <laughs> some of it was just like For what? a little bit I think they were going with the whole is she actually thinking this up or is she kinda crazy? Because the at the beginning, I'm gonna get into the story in a second, but the grandmother said that she had some episodes before. Well yeah, that she could see ghosts. She yeah, but was, she she made it sound like something bad may have happened back in the past. Like I you had know. some problems. It was very odd. I felt like it was weird because, like, watching it at the beginning or when it first starts, I expect it to be, like, um, there's, like, an anime or a, I think it's an anime where, like, this guy goes to sleep 
and he's like this overweight guy and he goes to sleep and the second he falls asleep he wakes up as a skinny guy and every time he falls asleep he turns into the other person oh, he's shit. fat guy then skinny guy then fat guy then skinny guy and he never sleeps he actually never sleeps because every time he shuts his eyes to like sleep he turns into the other person and i kind of thought it was going to end up like that when it started like the first time she goes to sleep and has this vision from the past i was like oh well, that's what's happening. Like, she's flipping because she came out of that vision and had a hickey and it was like, oh, yeah. well, she's got to be actually experiencing these things. And then she wasn't, and it was fucking weird. Yeah. Well, uh, another spoiler, that's kind of the, the case in Fight Club. Every time the main character, or Jack, depending on what, you know, book. Tyler. Well, Tyler's the bad side of him. But every time he goes to sleep... The other one wakes up and starts doing things. That's why the whole time he has insomnia. And he's like, I have insomnia, but I do go to bed. He's like, no, you don't. Uh, Tyler is just controlling your body, making you do bad stuff when you go to sleep. So that's why he tells Marla, like, don't let me go to sleep because he's going to wake up and do bad stuff. And she's like, okay. But uh, no, it's, yeah, it's the whole uh, overarching, is she crazy? Is she losing her mind? She is losing her mind, even if she's not crazy. The stuff that's happening this happening in this movie, she's absolutely losing her, losing her mind. So, that's a lot. Well, one fun fact that I saw was he pitched this plot back in 2013 when he was filming The World's End with all his buddies from Shaun of the Dead fighting aliens. It's a fun movie. We'll do it one day. Um, but then some time happened, and he met met up with the screenwriter Christy Wilson Cairns as she was working on 1917. That badass one that one great. scene movie as it just makes it to the next scene. There's no stopping to it. One shot, all around. It's so cool. Chaos. And then after Baby Driver in twenty well seventeen, around this time he was working on it. But after Baby Driver, he felt the pressure to make a sequel to Baby Driver because that movie was absolutely amazing. So there will be a sequel to that movie at some point. He felt that he should just go in a completely different direction for his next movie while he's working on Baby Driver, and he came up with Last Night in Soho. That's also the name of a Dave D. Dozy Beaky Mitch and Titch song, Last Night in Soho. Make and Titch, yeah. Make and Titch. Uh, once again, a favorite of one Quentin Tarantino, and that's why in the movie Death Proof, when the first group of girls were high and drunk driving in their car and they, hold the, they heard the song Hold Tight, Right before they got just ripped apart by Question mark. Kurt Russell's car, that was a Dave D song. So, um, but yeah, they Quentin Tarantino's like you should use this name because it sounds awesome and a little bit mysterious. So this movie, I like I said, like Katie said, it's a fun one. It's interesting. It's a lot different, but it, I can feel that Edgar Wright in this movie with how things go and just the way he does things. But yeah, it's a weird one. Murder mystery, but I really liked it. I'll say probably one of the strongest parts of this movie was the music. And what he picked was absolutely amazing. I love the music in his movies. So it put a smile on my face. Spoilers, Katie. Uh, whatever you put down for the money. Uh, this was one of those COVID films. It was supposed to release in 2020. And then old, old Grandpa COVID came in and said, Fuck your movies. So, it popped out later, but it still had the sting of being a COVID movie. So, just think about that when you're thinking up the money for it. But yeah, we'll do that later. So, we'll get through this story. You can find this film on Max. I think that's where we watched it. Fuck, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was on Max. Uh, this one's 116 minutes. It's got some meat on its bones, but I didn't feel like it dragged. It, no, it, it was very, like... Every scene that was in it was necessary to kind of move the plot along and to understand and convey the shit that she was going through, the stuff that other people were seeing as she was going through her shit. Like, yeah, it was important to get the multiple perspectives and, yeah, to tell it, the whole it story. It was a real good pacing, and I'm happy about that because we see movies. And to throw in the red herrings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Bella. She's just in a background with a knife it has she has to be the killer and it's like nah bella just like holding a knife <laughs> okay so we meet up with eloise or ellie ellie turner and she is a teenager i guess she just got out of high school i guess i don't understand the ages for their things she has to be 
Well, no, they're of age of drinking is younger than us, right? Than mm-hmm. 21. So that's why she was like in the pub. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, there are lines 18. that come up in this movie kind of leaning toward the fact that she's had episodes or problems in school or just her mental health. And so the, later on, the fact that she's having problems and seeing things... That's not out of the realm of impossible. So I love when scary movies just add that little tidbit up front. They're like, well, Katie, you know, you saw stuff a while ago. You know, you were having trouble in school and you saw things. And it's like, well, I'm better now. Like, oh, shit, she's going to see some things again. (laughs) So she lives with her grandmother. And she seems to be really good at fashion design. And that's what she's going to school for. And so it was really weird one scene, you just see a woman in the mirror just standing there, and she turns, and the woman's not there anymore. But as we go around the room, this movie does the show-don't-tell situation, and I kind of like that sometimes. We, From context clues, we can see that the woman that was in the mirror was her mother, and her mother passed away. So, out of the get-go, this movie says the fact that Ellie can see ghosts, and that is not an issue in his family, because it seems like the grandma might be able to see him too. So this might be something that they just have, the ability to see ghosts. And that's kind of it. That's the last time Ellie really brings it up to anybody or says anything. She's like, I can see ghosts. You know, it's just a thing that, that happens in our life. So Ellie moves from Cornwall, or Red Roof, to London to study at the London College of Fashion. And... Uh, Just like a lot of fish-out-of-water stories, like, oh, man, I'm such a nice and happy person, and I move into this college and this new city, and you just got to meet all of the dickheads, because that's just how it works. So her new roommate, Jocasta, and that's a really sweet-ass name, fun fact, Edgar Wright, that was going to be Edgar Wright's name if he came out of the womb as a female. I would have been Brian. That was one of my other maybe baby names. Brian. I don't know if I had a girl name. but So, Jocasta is a super bully, and she's that kind of one-up bully. She's a verbal bully, like uh, Roger from Doug, the cartoon Doug. Um, Roger probably could put hands on you because he's like bigger than everybody, but he just likes making fun of you. He was bigger because he failed a bunch of times. Yeah, he's probably like Roger 25. Sick. Yeah. Even when he got rich. Remember when he got rich in the newer ones? He was a dickhead then. But it seems like Jacosta, I don't know if she could put hands on anybody. She seemed kind of taller than everybody a little bit, but she don't look like the fighting type. But Jacosta, she wants everybody to like her, so she's like awesome. She's like, look at my outfit. You know, I got this jacket made by Katie before she sold out and became like a shill. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. I remember that moment. But, you know, Ellie is truthful and it's like, oh, my mom, you know, passed away when I was little. And Jacosta's like, oh, well, my uncle had cancer. So I understand that feel, you know. Like I said, she has to be just her fingers in everything. And she has to know every pain and every feel in this world. I hate people like that. But she's a fucking villain, you know. Uh, After a few nights of partying, because Jocasta's like, come on, girls, let's go out and party. Yeah. And they make fun of Ellie. She's like in the restroom after multiple events. And... They're, like, making fun of her. And she's like, oh, man, that Ellie girl, she's just a little country bumpkin. I hate her. I'm going to punch her in the nose when I see her. Ellie scoots off. And she actually moves into a, uh, what's the word? She rents a room from the elderly Miss Collins. A flat. A flat. Thank you. That's the word. So it's it says a bed sit. Yeah. It's, like, rent. It. A flat. Well, oh. bed sit, it would be like house sitting. You're like, it's a temporary, like, rental. Yeah. So, Miss Collins has a few rules. She tells her no boys. No boys in the, in here at all, I think, is what she says. And then, she tells her, don't mind the smell. Uh, there are some pipes that are open and then construction and stuff. But that's why it, it has this... A little smell of funk happening in the in the house. And Katie was like, huh, that was a weird sentence. Detective Katie with her, her hat on, and I was just like, it probably stank. You know? I know places where it's like it smells like ass out here. And it's just it's just stanky. So that night Ellie has this crazy vivid dream where she gets teleported back 
to the 1960s. And at the Café de Paris, she observes this beautiful young woman. And then she realizes a little bit that she is this beautiful young woman. Her name is Sandy. Sandy. From Greece. Not, not from Greece. But Sandy. And she wants to be the next big singer at this club. She wants to be the next Scylla Black. And that is an actual real musician. I've looked, checked out a couple of her songs. I believe she's still alive. So Sandy meets up with the charming manager, Jack. Hey, it's Matt Smith. And look at him being all cute and shit. Uh, it seems like they are having a great time and they're dancing and Jack is punching out people, probably the actual manager of the establishment. And they scoot off and Sandy tells Jack to pick me up tomorrow and then we can work on me being the next best singer in the world. And he's like, okie dokie, you're cute. And the next morning, Ellie wakes up and she starts designing a dress based on the dress that Sandy wore. And she has a hickey on her neck. So Jack and Sandy were making out and Ellie is just kind of watching like, oh shit. But it's weird because in the reflection, Jack is making out with Ellie. So it's like they're sharing the same body, it seems. And so she's got a hickey. And at this point, Ellie is like hype because this is fun. She's experiencing things that she's never experienced. Um, I don't know about her love life, but she seems to be having a fun time in the past. And so she starts like going to bed early she's like in bed just like getting prepped she's like come on teleport me back i don't i don't like present day let me see some cool stuff in the past so we see another dream that sandy she's auditioning at a soho nightclub and she sings downtown you know things will be good when you're downtown and she has a great voice fun fact that was anya taylor joy's actual singing voice uh, they just thought it'd be easier if she just did it <laughs> which I think is fun when actors and actresses actually sing like fuck that's your voice that's really cool and so inspired by all of these really fun moments in her new you know new life Ellie dyes her hair blonde and she looks a lot like Sandy man that's weird I thought at this point in the movie I thought she was like a reincarnation of Sandy like she is Sandy and she's just the future version of Sandy that's what I thought it was gonna be uh, the spoilers is not. But, I never thought that. Because, like, when she changed her hair, I'm like, oh, she's trying to get closer to be Sandy. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Uh, at this point in the movie, actually a little bit before this, we see an older man just in the darkness, just kind of watching young Ellie. And at this point in the story, we see that Sandy's life or her outlook is not as sunshine and lollipops as we thought at first. Jack's kind of an asshole. And it seems like Jack is kind of passing her off to other people to have fun for the night. Uh, we At this point, we don't know what level, but it seems like he seems kind of like a pimp. Uh, when I was watching, I was like, Jack's a pimp. <laughs> I don't know what type of pimp. He might just be an emotional pimp and just passing her off just to talk to people. Or it might be worse. Uh, we'll see what level it is later in the movie. But this older man is following Ellie and is like you look really familiar and looks at her and Ellie's like oh shit that is Jack from the past just old and she's like ah what the fuck is happening where where's Sandy and you know like I said that feeling in the pit of her stomach starting to happen it's like this is kind of scary so around this point she realizes she needs money when she goes into a you know a clothing store and picks up a sweet ass jacket from the 60s and it's worth a lot of money. And she's like, holy shit. So she gets a job at a pub. Uh, the same pub where this older gentleman frequents. And so she, there's many a moment where she sees this very ominous looking old man watching her. So now, at this... You're being a little creepy. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, Ellie figures out that Sandy is having a pretty rough life. And she is for sure being pimped out by Jack to his male associates. Clientele. Yes. She's for real getting pimped out. And she's kind of stuck in this, like, what's the word? A hole that she feels she can't get out of. 
And that kind of happens to, unfortunately, uh, young women in the entertainment industry. Uh, hopefully it stops now, but there's tons of stories. There's people to this day. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, she's like, I got a lot of stories like that. Uma Thurman, uh, especially when, what was that dude's name? Weinstein. When that whole situation was coming out, uh, Uma Thurman was like, her face got super serious. And she's like, I have things I, I need to say about this. I will find the right time to say it. And she was like, this, this is some shit. And I'm like, uh, I feel bad for actresses out there. And not even actresses, actors. Because Brennan Fraser, he had some issues with uh, just being sexually assaulted. He's not the only one. Oh, there's He's tons. He's not the only male either. Yeah. Terry so. Crews, uh, both of the Corys from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, a lot of child actors from the 80s actually Absolutely. Dealt with sucks so at this point uh, she's realizing like oh holy shit man this kind of sucks and ellie is starting to get must have word haunted i would say by apparitions that look like jack and all the men that seem to exploit sandy faceless men yeah their it's faces like, are all kind of white yeah it's very um i don't even know there are many there are a lot of movies that portray ghosts like this but it's like humanoid ghosts that just have their face it's just a blank face yeah it's it's creepy <laughs> uh around this time she meets a really cool uh, another fashion they're student. like the silence yes thank you i was like there's some doctor who villain that looks just like this yeah matt smith and the and his gang of silence behind him Ugh, so creepy <laughs> uh so at this point ellie he she meets another fashion student and his name is John. John. A very nice kid. Um, it seems like he's one of the few not dickheads in this movie. He's got a crush on Ellie. A fat ass crush. So, uh, at this point, Ellie has another dream at night. Uh, the dreams are kind of bleeding into her waking moments. So now she's like, I'm just stuck like Chuck in these dreams. And she has a vision of Jack murdering Sandy. Like, oh, oh, this is how it ends. Oh shit, what's going to happen to my body? Because I'm starting to experience wounds and hits from that world now. Uh, she starts to think, I'm going to fucking die at some point. The ghost of Jack is going to kill me because I'm kind of Sandy. And she wants to track down that silver-haired man, that old dude, because that's Jack. And he killed somebody. He needs justice. <laughs> so she goes to the police and they do not believe her because, you know, some little kid runs in and is like, I saw Bella, and Bella stabbed up Katie 60 years ago. Okay. It was a ghost? Yeah, it was a ghost of Bella stabbing Katie. Arrest that cat. And I'm like, okay. Bitch, you crazy. That's a lot. <laughs> so she heads to the library. At this point, she has started to skip class and run out of class screaming it multiple times. Um, yeah, she looks crazy to everybody on the outside. Absolutely. So she finds newspaper reports about Sandy's murder. Oh, no, she goes to look for Sandy's murder, but she can't find it. But she finds stories of a lot of local men that vanished without a trace. There's a lot of dudes that die in this town. Well, that's weird. Oh, anyway, <laughs> she moves on. And she feels that she needs to avenge Sandy because, you know, she really likes her. And she confronts the silver-haired man, and he denies. He says, I didn't kill Sandy. What are you talking about? Like, you should look up what happened to Sandy, and you'll really be surprised with what she did. And he leaves the pub, but he doesn't look up and down the street. He doesn't look both ways before you cross the street, kids. Don't do that. And he gets lit up by a taxi. So they actually had Terrence Stamp. He wanted to do half of the stunt. He didn't want to do all of it, because that's really dangerous for an old man. But he was there as the taxi rolled up to him. It wasn't a real taxi. It was like the front half and fake. And so he got bumped and his body kind of plopped over. And then they had the stuntman do the rest because fuck that noise. Terrence Stamp don't need to be getting hit by taxis or being laid out in the street. So he's dead. And Ellie realizes that he wasn't Jack. He was an undercover vice officer. And in the past... He was actually encouraging Sandy to get out of the life that she was in. So he was a good guy. He just got old and got grumpy. 
huh, go figure. So now Ellie is freaking out. She doesn't understand what's right anymore. And she heads back home and talks to Miss Collins. And Miss Collins tells her that, you know, it seems like you're having a lot of issues. Uh, a, a nice police lady came by and she was telling me that you were investigating or looking into these old murders and stuff like that. And Ellie's like, well, I'm going to leave soon, Miss Collins. And there's a quick scene, fun fact, that there's mail. Miss Collins has some mail in. And Ellie grabs her little parcel. And you can see Miss Collins, her first name. And it's Alexandria. Earlier in the movie, Sandy tells Jack her and full name. And a bunch name. of other Johns. <laughs> yeah. Her name was Alexandria, but she goes by Sandy. Or Alex, or... She just keeps she, changing it because she, she doesn't want to tell anyone her real name. Yeah. And so, oh no, the shoe has dropped. And we learn that Miss Collins, the old nice lady in this movie, is Sandy. And Sandy has a secret to tell her. So as Ellie is drinking some really nice tea from Miss Collins, she learns that Miss Collins has been luring men, the men that she got pimped out to, to her flat. And stabs the ever-living shit out of them and kills them. And then Ellie's like, but didn't Jack kill you? And she's like, no, I got stabbed that night, but I got him. I killed him. So you could say Sandy died that night. And I was born. And holy shit, she has been killing men for decades. And then putting their dead bodies in the walls and floor of her home. So that's why it stinks, because it's full of dead bodies. And boy howdy, I was like, oh shit. In no world would the garlic from a French bistro next door cover up the stench of decades old decaying bodies. Yeah. That's it's a crazy it's it's a lot, honestly. <laughs> so we learned that the tea she's been drinking, it's drugged. And Miss Collins is like Of course it is. Uh yeah, I'ma set you up for all of this. So um you went crazy. The second she handed the fucking tea before before Ellie even looked at the mail and knew that it was Sandy, I was like, don't drink that. That's just poison. I literally said out loud while we were watching it, don't drink anything that old woman gives you. That's poison. And then, you know, it was. Yeah, she's starting to uh, starting darken out. And Miss Collins, or Sandy, Sandy tells her that, yeah, I'm going to set you up for this. So you having issues. You just went crazy and... You know, you drugged yourself, and then there's a knock on the door. Oh no, it's Jack or John, and John's trying to be a cutie pie and and check up on on Ellie. And she's like, "Oh, oh, it looks like you killed your cool little boyfriend too." Oh well. So in the scuffle, as she is kind of drunk or drugged, she didn't t- she didn't drink a lot of tea. She drank a little bit. Um, Ellie is trying to fight Miss Collins. Miss Collins pops her in the mouth with just a punch. She goes down. And John tries to help, and he gets a knife in his stomach, and he goes down. I'm like, damn, these little kids are trying their best. (laughs) Ellie knocks over an ashtray and starts a fire. Uh, And this place goes up real quick. So, at this point in the movie, Ellie is, every step she is going back into the past of Sandy being attacked by Jack and it's a really cool scene so Sandy is switching from being Miss Collins and switching to Jack and Ellie is switching from being Sandy it's crazy if you really think about it but she's dragging herself up the stairs and then she kicks Miss Collins down some stairs and she gets into the room and so we see in the room the spirits of Sandy's victims they weren't actually trying to hurt Ellie this whole time. They were just trying to get close and be like, help us avenge our deaths. And I'm like, oh, these ghosts weren't mean. They just looked really mean because how she was carving up their faces and stuff. But they were actually pretty cool. And so the ghosts tried to help Ellie. And they kind of like hold her back. And then Jack comes in and Jack like punches Miss Collins. And I was like... I'm torn because you guys are rapers, but you got murdered, but she was just a victim of your crimes. I mean... But she is bad, but she's not bad. 
it was, it's hard because it's it's not rape because she was a prostitute. Prostitution and being raped are different. Yes. Like, prostitutes can be raped, but there's a po- like at a point in her career she just kind of gave into it and was like, "I have to do this to keep my career going." So like, that's not rape. Yeah. Well, it's it's a whole situation that she was brought into. So at this point, the police arrive, and they're pretty quick. Better than American police. And Miss Collins realizes that she's not getting out of this. And she says, I'm not going to jail for this. I'm not going to prison for all this shit. You know how many people I've killed? And she is about to kill herself. And Ellie stops her. She says, Sandy, don't do it. And she says, she gets why she did it. I get it too. You know, I don't want to be a prostitute. You're going to try to kill me? Fuck you, man. And then she's like, I'm killing them all. I get it. And Sandy tells Ellie... To save John and get out, get out of here. She's like, what about you? She's like, I'm stinging. It's all right. And the building burns down. So Ellie, she gets out of this and she gets back into school and she's not as crazy, I would say. <laughs> and her designs, they're showcased at an end of year fashion show. Hooray! And John is there with her grandmother. And Sandy, the spirit of Sandy pops up and blows her a kiss uh she actually sees her mother too so it seems like the spirits don't leave and you would think sandy would be fulfilled i guess no no she wouldn't be i don't know if she had unfinished business i don't know how ghosts work in this world because there were just ghosts just there but you have to assume that sandy killed every person who raped her yeah or sexually assaulted her like you have to assume because that woman was old. There's no way she didn't get to all of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we see that her mom is happy. Ghost mom is like, good job, Ellie. And Sandy is like, good job, Ellie, and blows her a kiss. And that is the end of the movie. So, Katie, who's your favorite character in Last Night in Soho? The answer is John. <laughs> it's John. He was the best. He was on Ellie's side the whole time. He was trying to save her from her manic ghost-seeing self constantly. Yeah, she was having problems. She was going fucking through it. And John was so patient and kind to this girl that he, like, barely knew. And, yeah, he was the only person at fashion school who wasn't a complete fucking bitch. So, Team John all the way. (laughs) I am Team Sandy uh, for her, the good and the bad. I guess you could split them up. So she's not Miss Collins, but I'm voting Sandy as my favorite character. There was a lot there. Well, Sandy's the one who murdered everybody, so. Yeah, but not the not the Sandy that wanted to kill Ellie. Got <laughs> the, it. The cool, the cool Sandy that was just like, I'm killing everybody, tries to have sex with me. Uh, there was a lot to that character. And what they wanted to do at first with all the flashbacks, it was just going to be music and no words. But then they thought about it like, no, we need people to like Sandy. Because you you can still like somebody if there's no words, but they need her to talk to get you to try to build a rapport with her. I enjoyed every scene in the past. Honestly, they were some of the better scenes in this movie. Ellie wasn't bad. She wasn't a bad character. Just they played her to be the crazy person. And you can only see so many scenes with a crazy person. That you're like, okay, and they're just going to keep yelling and running away from things. Sandy was pretty strong. Pretty strong character, even with her whole situation and what she had to go through. She was pretty strong. Even when she started stabbing people, she was still pretty goddamn strong. So, Katie, who was your least favorite character? That would be Jocasta. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she was so annoying. Jocasta was a bitch from minute one. She was the worst kind of roommate you want to have. The second she met Ellie, she was immediately, like, bagging on her outfits and being just a fucking bitch to her. And, uh, just, she sucked. And then she immediately was like, oh, yeah, opening night of college. Like, let's go to a fucking rager. And then just, you know, I don't care about you, so I'm not going to take any sort of protect like try to protect you from anything and it was just fucking chaos and then she is one of those college roommates who brings home 
a sexual partner. I forgot you And did just, that. like, you know, starts having really loud, obnoxious sex in the same room, you know, like five minutes, five feet away from her roommate, which is awful and disgusting, and you're a bitch. And then every moment we see her after that, that's only day one. Every moment we see her after that, she's just a mega bitch to Ellie. Like, every single time. Like, ragging on her clothes, ragging on her personality, ragging on, like, just the music she listens to, all these different things. And it's like, bitch, like, who are you? Yeah. And every time Ellie succeeded at business, at fashion school, like, her teacher kept complimenting this, like, pink dress that she was making. That is the dress that Sandy wore back in the 60s in her first vision. She, like, is making this really light, fluffy, uh, tool gown thing. And the teacher is, like, super into it because 60s mod is fucking great. It's timeless. And Jocasta's just like, oh, that's so stupid looking. Why would you do that? It's the 60s and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Your Your garbage. Your voice is cool. Blah, 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 blah. Even before that, you were like, why would you wear that? (laughs) So I guess evil British Katie, that's how you would sound. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Jocasta sucked. (laughs) Yeah, Jocasta. And it's funny. I'm surprised you chose that, because when I said it at the end of the movie, you were like, eh, she wasn't the worst. (laughs) Yeah, I I think about it now, but then we were talking about the the Johns. No, not the Johns, but the, the people that hired Sandy to, you know, have sex. Those are Johns. Okay. I was thinking about them, because that's what I wrote at first, but then I thought about them, like, yeah, they're a cause of Sandy's issues, especially when she started stabbing folks, because of them and Jack. But, no, I'm going with the the Stephen King school of villainry. You have one low-level villain, and they usually are sometimes worse than the real villain, not in this movie, uh, sexual assault is the real villain, but Jocasta was just so I mean, annoying. Matt Smith was the real villain. Yeah, the pimp. Pimping out Yeah. women, promising them fucking... Well, he got his, so I if he got away with it, I'm like, yeah, he's the worst, but he got his ass stabbed up, so I was like, okay. Everybody got their shit rocked in this movie. Yeah, so that's why I didn't pick Except him. Except Jocasta, like, she deserved something yeah. bad to happen to her. She was still a bitch at the very end. Yeah. Even after Ellie went through all the shit that she went through, and fucking John got stabbed in the stomach, after all of that, Jocasta well, was still a fucking bitch at the fashion well, show. Well, she did like that golf clap. She was like, I guess you're all right. Fuck you, Jocasta. Yeah. So, Worst. yeah, I'm going with Jocasta. She was very annoying. Worst. And not even like a uh, I can get behind you kind of villain. Like, okay, that's pretty funny what you're doing. Like, she's just annoying. I don't want to pop her in the mouth. Mm-hmm. But those are the type of the villains that they don't do anything physical. They just keep nudging you with their words. And you want to sock them in the face. But the second you sock them in the face, they're like, oh, did you see her punch me? Oh, my God. And then you get sued. So that's why they're the worst. Yeah. So let's do seven word synopsis. I actually have a couple. I did my job. So my, my first one is Old Miss Collins with the Stabbing Cabin. <laughs> uh, for you folks, the Stabbing Cabin, I believe that was a what, porn called the Stabbing Cabin? Trelly say it all the time. Fuck, fuck. Yeah, you get stabbed. So that's metaphors. Two, two meanings. People were getting stabbed in there, and people were getting stabbed in there. You know what I mean? So, second one is, amazing soundtrack mixed with ghostly murder mystery. Look at Otis actually doing what a synopsis is supposed to do. I feel weird too, y'all. And my last one, go Sandy, slice up those rapey dudes. That's Otis right there. Go Sandy, you do it, girl. <laughs> what, it's like that meme with the, the lady with the camcorder? Like, you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> you just recording this damn people. Keep it up, baby, keep it up. Get some Gatorade. Katie. Jack was such a piece of shit. Yeah, he was so nice up front, up front, like the first 20 minutes. I'm like, dang, he's kind of cool. But you know he's got to do something bad. He's just too too suave. And then it's like, damn, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, and then pimping women promising fame is fucking atrocious. Ooh, uh, pimping ain't easy. Is it, Jack, bitch? <laughs> yeah, when that knife went in his throat, he's like, oh, pimping ain't easy. <laughs> I keep my pip hand strong, bitch. Yeah, well, Sandy kept her knife hand strong. Well, that was seven. <laughs> um, let's do minority kill count. That's a zero. Because John, he took that knife to the stomach. I thought he was out out of the game. But he got up. 
I'm happy for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a lot of old white dudes died. <laughs> and Sandy. Yeah. So at least what? At least twenty dudes. There were a lot of ghosts oh, in that room. Oh, like fifty. Yeah. So a lot of old white people died in this movie. Oh well. So the number is still three hundred and seventy-eight in a Tito Turtle, in a house, in a plane full of vampires. So this film, this film released in the United Kingdom, October 29th, twenty one, and like I said, it had its issues. Right before Halloween, what a poor choice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it had its issues. So it was supposed to be released September twenty fifth, twenty. 20 uh okay. boy howdy yeah that was and then it got delayed to april 23rd 2021 and then delayed to the 22nd of october and then to the following weekend so it moved four times that's really bad planning absolutely like i understand things having to move for covid like that makes sense for, from the shutdown but you shouldn't have chosen the end of October to release your horror film. Yeah, it's your weird they aimed for the thriller. end of October to do yeah, something spooky. No, that should have been an end of September, beginning of October yeah. drop. Everyone who makes horror movies, we've said it many, many times, get your shit together. Yeah, I don't get that. There that... is a release window for, like, Halloween horror, and it for sure is not three days before Halloween. I never get you that. You have a three-day run for people to, like, really want to yeah. be scared, and then everyone's like, nah, I'm done. Time for Thanksgiving and, like, feel-good movies now. Yeah, I never get that. They're like, oh, yeah, well, we'll drop it on Halloween. I'm like, are you serious? No, that's dumb as hell. Folks have shit to do on Halloween, man. That's dumb as hell. It needs to be beginning of October so people can watch it and decide if they like it or not, and then go back and watch it again before Halloween. Yeah. That's... You get two views out of people because they bring their friends, they talk to their friends, like, holy shit, I saw a really great movie. That's wild. It's fucking stupid. The only other time when it's okay, like, the best other time to release horror movies is Valentine's Day, because that's a big, like, let's go to the movies holiday, or Christmas, if you're doing Christmassy type yeah. horror. Yeah, if it's got some type in of December. Tinge, tinge of horror, yeah, Christmas time would be a great time to do it, too. Yeah. So, this film released video on demand, November 19th, 2021. So, that's where I saw that this movie was going to be a thing, and then we watched it like two years later (laughs) so katie what do you think the budget for last night in soho was i originally had a really high number um before i knew it was a covid film i mean okay but i will say just caveat given it could still be expensive it just be a covid film just don't i don't want you to mess yourself up thinking that is cheap or anything it still could be expensive and still be a covid film yeah but it's unlikely true and knowing that it's edgar wright he's pretty frugal and people go to his films and are willing to not take their normal like like give me bajillion dollars like. yeah so i said 50 dollar dues that but that still feels low 50 it's funny you said that because the budget was 43 dollar dues how you got it i don't know how they do i don't understand how you made this movie for that much money because of the fucking flashbacks 60s fashion and is so hard to find and like they had a bunch of vintage replica pieces which i know it's not super hard for some people to replicate but it's hard but it's really hard to find like fashion designer not fashion designers but costume designers for movies and stuff who are really good at like doing that yeah period pieces that's that's the whole where the budget goes for period pieces because you have to make it look like well that's why in a certain that's time. why i thought my 50 dollar reduce was low because i would have assumed the fashion alone would have cost yeah. an insane amount it probably in it probably was a big chunk of the price oh yeah so um, and the rights tell the music. Oh, absolutely. A lot of fucking he music. loves doing that, so it's probably a good couple million just go to getting all the songs. Yeah, but this was like before Anya Taylor-Joy was super famous, and Matt yeah. Smith wasn't really... Like, he was famous from Doctor Who, but yeah, he, he wasn't... Yeah, he was a face, but... But he wasn't super, uh, like, internationally known yeah. outside of Doctor Who. So, what do you think the box office was? $50 reduce. Because it was COVID. The box office was $23 dues. 
That is so sad. Very sad. And you gotta remember, it had a small run, you know, out actually in theaters, but is the sting of COVID, uh, especially in what twenty twenty one. A lot of folks really weren't still going to the movies. Uh, people were dipping their heads into it, and they were like, okay, I guess, maybe. But uh, I remember seeing this pop up on on demand, and people were like, I'll just watch it at home. Yeah. And sure, you can make a movie and have it be on demand and watch it. I'm curious to see the resurgence of money from, like, the Mario Brothers movie. Like, people, we went to see it, you know? But I'm curious, like, the money it made in theaters... And then the second went on demand for, like, the families that have, like, I have three kids. I'm not going to the theater with these three crazy kids. And the second it goes on demand, I'm curious how much money they made. It had to be another just crazy bump. Well, it it not, it depends because Mario Brothers didn't, well, I guess they did have, like, you could buy it. But I don't know, I don't know very many parents who were like, let me buy it immediately as soon as it came out. There was that hiccup with. Like, right when COVID really took off, there was, like, all these movies that were slated to release that summer that were just like, okay, well, we can't release in theaters now. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to find a streaming platform, and we're going to charge a premium to watch this film. And they were, like, I think Disney did it for Mulan, and it was, like, 20 bucks or something like that, and... Paramount or HBO, one of them, did it for the Trolls movie, the second Trolls movie, and it was like $15 or $10 or something like that, and they made a shit ton of money because, you know, $20, $15, $20 is still, that's the price of two tickets as opposed to fucking five tickets and popcorn and candy and sodas at a movie theater. So they made a lot of money during that, but they did it for like, I don't know, that happened for, like, three or four movies, and then everyone, the collective United States was just like, go fuck yourselves, movie studios. Like, we're not paying for any, like... Yeah, man. Like, it was fine for the first couple when everyone was like, damn, I really wanted to see that in the theater. I was really hyped to go see that. But then as we got later into the shutdown, everyone was just like, that's too much money. That We're just going to rewatch the shit we got at home. Yeah. So, we have McDonald's money. At, we have McDonald's at home. Yeah. Oh, I want to watch Friday the 13th in the theaters. We got Friday the 13th at home. It's Hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hatchet. Yeah. yeah, we got Friday the 13th at home. It's like, it's so bloody. Oh, Hatchet's <laughs> great, though. Yes, it is. So, unfortunately, this is part of the sting of COVID. And it seems like it's the tail end of it because uh, people sure did shuffle their asses back into movies. Oh, For Marvel it. things, It, I mean, still movies to this day aren't getting as much money, but hey, Barbie kind of proved that you can still drop a movie in the theaters and it make a billion dollars. So did Mario. Yes. So it seems like... Mario made, if not a full billion, it made almost a billion. It's got to be a billion now. Oh, well, I don't know, because when Barbie crossed a billion, it had beat out... Yeah, it beat Mario. a bunch of shit. But I'm betting it's probably close to a billion, but... I feel for Last Night in Soho. This movie should have easily made its money. But it seems like no one's really at fault. It's just COVID, man. Like, there were tons of movies that came out, and it's like, yep, because COVID is a COVID movie. So we had to release it because of their financials and stuff. That's why some movies just still came out, and they were like, damn, it made five bucks in a sandwich, you know? But we have to drop it. $1.36 billion Mario? For Mario. Yeah. I had a feeling it had to be over a billion now. But Barbie knocked that shit out of the Oh, yeah. Probably one and a half billion now? Let's see. Barbie movie box office. Well, it's in like the... It's now in the top ten, I think. Oh, for sure. It has to. Right now, it has grossed 1.41 billion. Sweet. That is awesome. I don't know when that was most recent. I don't know when the most recent... So it's pretty close to what I was thinking. One and a half billion dollars. It it did great, man. Which is awesome, and uh, this is kind of a, an aside. Instantly, the second Barbie did great its first opening weekend, I think it hit its budget the opening weekend, they were like, oh, y'all like movies about toys? Fuck it. Get uh, get, get that GoBots movie going. That's not get what that. the point was. Them folks don't know what the fuck they, what we want. They're no. like, hey, it's an original idea, but you like the toy part of it, right? Hey, get that, get that Tetris movie going. Get that roblox all this stupid shit i'm like no it's not it's not the reason we watched it it just it was a really cool idea 
with that property. You're a fat fuck. Just stop fucking with it, you know? That and the Oppenheimer, like, mixture. Some ungodly reason that just made people want to watch both. Which Randall Park said it best. If you came out of Barbie and your immediate thought was, wow, I really hope they make more movies about toys, you completely missed the fucking point of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about, like, the toy part. It was like, that had a message. I like yeah. that. Yeah. More movies made by women. Yeah. Man, women can make movies? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, Katie, do you have anything else to say about Last Night in Soho before we get out of here? It was wild. I liked it. It's confusing at moments. You're definitely yeah. going to be like... I mean, that comes with time travel. You add time travel into movies, it gets complicated. Fuck, in... Well, no, Avengers try their best to keep it as simple as possible. But still, there were questions at the end. They were like, wait, so Cap went back and just returned everything to the where it was? But... Ish. What? And he stayed there? So he got old? What the fuck? Well, but... Yeah. How did the shield get back if he took it with... But... I, and he just was there? So he, he watched all of it go down. How did he not get blipped? Because he was technically back in the world. So he just unblipped twice. That's what I'm saying. It was un-blipped. a lot of blipped. Because if he went back to be with his girl, mm-hmm. and then he was there as an old man afterward, he's like, "Yeah, I was just sitting on this bench waiting for y'all to get here." Yeah. Shouldn't he be back in the lottery to get blipped? Or is it the fact that he didn't get blipped the first time he when been. he was young, Cap? He didn't get blipped the first time, so maybe the he could have been in the lottery, but that's still a 50-50 shot that he wouldn't get blipped. So maybe yeah. he just lucked out twice. Or maybe the, maybe the fact the blip was like, oh, you're old. That's weird. But you didn't. Okay. Whatever. Or he's an anomaly <laughs> and it just doesn't work. He's I, absolutely an anomaly. We could talk about this for hours. Let's not. Yeah. He's absolutely an anomaly. One last thing. He is an anomaly because he's old before he was young. It's fucking weird. Uh, before he was young. He's old as fuck before he got out of the ice. He's older when he's supposed to be young. But yeah, the but ice... two separate caps. It's the same cap, it's, but it's two it's separate. Two yeah, caps. yeah, it's two separate. You but. you were talking about cap that got out of the ice in 2012, went all the way to 2023, then went back in time to be with Peggy Carter to live the last 50 years of his life. Okay, that does not change the fact that when he goes back to the 70s, there is still a cap sitting in ice who will be broken out of the ice in 2012. Damn. In 2012, when young cap is pulled out of the ice there is also grandpa cap sitting in there somewhere in the world chilling with peggy carter living his best eating life cream corn living his stuff. best life yeah the only part where it gets really fucked up is at peggy carter's funeral when young cap goes to be a, a pallbearer for peggy carter's funeral he was in the back old old cap was probably there and just didn't even didn't say anything which is weird but not really because he can't fuck, he can't, he's not supposed to interact with himself. He's not supposed to say things. Boy, he don't give a fuck about time. But they didn't interact with each other. They didn't interact with themselves. I know. He didn't give a fuck because he sure didn't save Martin Luther King. But also, tw- <laughs> 2012 Cap is going to run into himself again anyways. So. He sure did choke himself out and look at his butt. Yeah. So I guess you can touch past versions of he yourself. He knows that he exists. It's not Time Cop rules, because in Time Cop, if you touch your previous version, you mix together and then die. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so Cap legit choked himself out. <laughs> He's like, oh, I gotta choke you. I don't like you. So anyway... And there's a comic tangent that nobody asked for. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I told you we would go I, I got her heated when I kept talking about Cap. Yeah. <laughs> she got the angry eyes. Fight me. like Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> I brought your angry eyes just in case Otis says something about Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> So, with that, that is the end of this episode. So, if you have any other cool fun facts about time travel or seeing ghosts, don't tell me, but you can tweet Katie at... Allentown Pod, and actually, if it's about ghosts, you should tweet Otis, because Otis is the one who sees them sometimes, Man, they fuck me. with me. I guess, I guess Pimp Jack would jump my ass and not Katie, but... Yeah, those beignets that just floated across the table that oh, one time. Fuck <laughs> a duck. I didn't see it. Jesus they weren't, they weren't trying to get my attention. Oh, my God. They were just sliding on the table in case, like, look at that tree. I'm like, oh my god, help me. <laughs> Paranormal activitized over here. Um, we have an email at this. Allentownpresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. Allentownpresents. Bell, I love you. Okay, sorry. So, that was episode three in the pocket in the books out of sight. We got 28 more episodes, and we have been cultivating the list like we're fancy French people. 
but I'm very excited for this year. I say it every year, and then, you know, when it comes around to the next year, and I'm, like, sitting there sweating, looking at my list, trying to cross things out, and I'm like, fuck, fuck you, Pastor. I just been putting all these good movies in a line. That's what happens. So, um, I'm very pumped about the next couple of movies. But we're gonna got got some really fresh ones and some really old ones. Uh, like but the, not fresh again, because we did that last time. Oh, man, fresh too would be great. It would be But great. Bucky's dead. He might be a ghost, might be in her head. That'd be cool. He's like, Ooh, you killed me. He gets possessed by the ghost of Sebastian Stan. Oh my god, she's killing people? <laughs> Fuck, that'd be cool. I just want to see more of Sebastian Stan, honestly. Absolutely, so, who doesn't? Yeah, so that, that's that's the crux of that. I just want him back. Yeah. So, uh, like always, thank yous. Oh shit, the music you're listening to right now, that is flipping the combined effort, flipping the CE anywhere you can find them. Uh, a Studio Fitas, thank you so much for the artwork now. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Oh, I forgot. It's just us. We gotta. We don't have to do something dumb at the end. Yeah, we gotta do a tag. Um, it's just how it works. Um, fuck. <laughs> I had a good question I was gonna do. Um, never mind. Now that's spooky. You sound so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's a good tag. We'll do that. Because we laughed at the end. That's great. Okay, bye guys.